11th MPO TAC committee meeting. I think before we get going, um, Sierra Jessica will give us some points of note and a roll call. Yep, are we good, Kurt? Yes. Okay, thank you. Good afternoon, I have a few housekeeping uh, items for this hybrid meeting. This meeting is being recorded and broadcast on the city's YouTube channel. Please remember to mute yourself before during the meeting. When you're not speaking, the chat function for this meeting is disabled and all chats will directly go to us as hosts. Unless you're participating in the meeting, please turn off your video. This allows active medium meeting participants to be seen on scene. When you are participating, please turn your video on. If you have any trouble, you can send us a chat. The MPO reserves the right to mute people or turn individual videos off to minimize distractions during the meeting. Now I'll turn it back over to Chair Adam Weigel, but first, I guess before I do that, I should do a quorum call, so I won't do that yet. Um, Bazicki? Here. Crick? Here. Cronin? DeVries? Here. Mathis? Here. 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 Rodden? Here. Thank you. Sanford? Not here. Uh, Voigt? Not here. And Weigel? Here. Okay, thank you. We have a quorum. All right, looking at item A, uh, do we have introductions we want to do? Yes, thank you very much for reminding me of that. I would like to take an opportunity if we, if everyone would go around the room and introduce themselves, but I'll start that by introducing our new transportation planner to, to the transportation planning division into the MPO, and that's CC Riley, and I'll give her a second to say hi, and then you can all take a chance to maybe uh, say who you are and who you represent on this group would be helpful. Thank you, Jessica. And I know I've worked with a handful of you in my previous role as a land use planner in our planning and development services office, but great to be here and excited to work with all y'all. I'll go first, but Jessica, maybe help me call around the Zoom screen so we can yes. keep it moving on, folks. But I'm Adam Weigel, chair of this group and transit and parking manager for the city of Lawrence. Okay. Rodden and then Mathis. Yeah, Glenn Rodden, City Administrator for Baldwin City. Um, my name is Olivia Mathis, and I'm the representative for KDOT. Okay, uh, DeVries and Cronin. Hello, I'm Margretta DeVries. I'm here for KU Transportation Services. Dave Cronin, City Engineer of the City of Lawrence. Okay, and then Crick and Bazicki. Uh, Jeff Craig, Director of Planning Development Services for the City and County. And I'm Alex Gisicki. Sorry, I don't have a webcam. Um, I am a Management Fellow with the City of Eudora. So, Lindley, come on. What? Oh. Lindley to introduce as well. Thank you. you're just joining us we were taking a second to introduce our new transportation planner with the MPO CC Riley and everybody was just saying their name and who they represent if you're uh, if you would like to do that on the call oh she's trying to get on via the phone okay we'll give her a second Lindley Sanford is representing uh, city of Lecompton wonderful All right. All right, do you wanna go ahead and move forward? Yeah, I think it's appropriate to do that. Okay. All right, so uh, looking at item C, it looks like we have some minutes to approve. Um, 
any comments, revisions, concerns about the minutes, or any motions to approve? I'll move to approve. I have one comment. I was uh, present at the meeting. I think I'm listed as not present. Oh. And yeah, but other than that, I have no other comments. All right, we'll make that revision. We've got a motion. Can I get a second from somebody? And I'll second. All right, ready for a roll call vote? All right, Baziki? Yes. Crick? Aye. Cronin? Aye. Breeze? Aye. Mathis? Aye. Rodden? Aye. Sanford? I just submitted a phone number, so. Okay. Maybe. Weigel? Aye. Okay. Thank you. Motion carries unanimously. I'm not sure if we have Lindley. All right. I'm going to back myself up here because I do see a, a public comment item on here. I don't have anything on the agenda. I didn't see anything via email, but didn't know if there's anyone in the room or anything else we needed to bring up for general public comment. Please get the participants and see. There's no one present in the room. And there's no hands indicated online they would like to submit general comment right well, we will move into regular agenda items uh, first one looks like the amendment number one of the unified planning work program for 2023 do we have a presentation on this yes thank you cc's going to share a screen and i'm just going to highlight the changes that we're looking at in this document it's a little bit late in the year to process an amendment but i've been waiting on settling some of the staff um, realities of this and so overall um, it's a reduction in the upwp overall related to just staffing um, capacity um, and being fully staffed or not. And so we are getting there and we're really excited about that. We have a new and we'll be, you know, bringing a new uh, planner one with us in the future. But in the meantime, we wanted to update this based on actual rates, um, remaining work left in actual positions. We had some increases to direct expenses that required us to process this amendment. Um, and then we made tax changes based on the fact that we have been awarded uh, vision zero by, uh, safety action plan and um, our work on bicycle wayfinding coordination with the city of Lawrence um, and just other adjustments to tasks and timelines based on that staffing capacity so I'm looking for uh, a recommendation of approval to send this to MPO policy board I'd be happy to entertain any other questions you may have about this UPWP as we fi finish up um, the rest of 2023 all right any Questions or comments from TAC members? All right, before we. Oh, no, Glenn, were you going to jump in? No? Okay. Uh, before we move to a vote, any um, members of the public have comments on this item? There is no one in person and no one has indicated they would like to comment by raising their hand online. All right, so I'll be interested um, if there um, is no further discussion, any motions on this item?
move to approve it. I'll second. Deja vu. I think we're ready for a roll call vote. Bazicki? Aye. Rick? Aye. Ronan? Aye. Breeze? Aye. Mathis? Aye. Rodden? Aye. Sanford? Weigel? Aye. Thank you. Motion carries. All right. We'll move on to agenda item number two. Looking forward to some courage around the room making motions. We'll see if that manifests. But for that, let's get a um, introduction or presentation about the 2024 Unified Planning Work Program. Thank you. As you know, each year we prepare a planning work program of our anticipated planning work for transportation and the MPO and our partners. Um, this plan um, really highlights at a high level um, some of the work that we planned. You can share that screen. CC will share a screen. Um, that I'm just showing some of the major planning activities planned for 2024, which includes um, our Vision Zero Safe Streets and Roads for All action plan for Lawrence, Eudora, and Baldwin City, development of an electric vehicle readiness plan um, for Lawrence, Eudora, Baldwin City, and Lecompton, um, looking at the process to begin updating of the Lawrence bike um, plan and the countywide bikeway plan. Um, those are on the next kind of timeline for that. Participation in the Mid-America Regional Council Regional Freight Study. We helped with consultant selection and that process will be underway. Um, and then additionally, um, just thinking about the TIP amendments, performance measure reporting, and other additional work that we need to do under transportation 2050 implementation. And so that's kind of the highlights of the work that we intend um, to embark on for 2024. This document was posted for public comment from September 29th to October 28th. No public comments were collected. Um, and that followed the conversation we had earlier this summer in the planning meeting to hear about all the priorities um, in the region. So I would be happy to entertain any questions you may have about this document or the work that we have planned for 2024. Right. Any Questions from tech members on MPO uh, planning work in 2024. I guess I had one question. So we just did some uh, text changes on the existing year uh, because of a couple of great opportunities that were successful. Are there any um, anticipated things like that in 2024, things that might come around or uh, that we know of now at least or um, or not I don't know that we can speak to anything specific at this point. I think one of the tasks that we've recognized in the plan is there is a provision, and don't quote me exactly on it, how it's written, but it's um, in the in the idea of pursuing opportunities and helping our partners pursue opportunities if it's appropriate for the MPO to be involved in grant-seeking opportunities with our regional partners. And so we would continue to entertain any of those that are presented to us um, during the work year as staff capacity presents itself. Makes sense. All right. Any other thoughts or questions? Any uh, public comment on this item? There is no one in person and no one has indicated online by raising their hand they would like to comment at this time. 
right, looking for um, motion on this item. Can't wait to see what's going to happen here. Uh, I move to I recommend that we approve the 2024 UPWP. All second. Oh, Lindley. All right, we got a motion Ooh, a second. Get a roll call vote, please. Yes. Thank you, Baziki. Aye. Rick. Aye. Cronin. Aye. DeVries. Aye. Mathis. Aye. Rodden. Aye. Sanford. Aye. Great. Weigel. Aye. Motion carries unanimously. Thank you. All right, moving along. Our third item is 2024 safety performance measure target setting. Yes. Thank you. This is the same uh, presentation of materials that we discussed that you agreed to work with us to release these five required federal t uh, performance measures re related to safety. Um, we used KDOT. Uh, Department of Transportation crash data provided for 2022 to conduct projections for our 2024 targets. Um, after our discussion at October TAC, um, we place these out for a 15-day public comment period. Um, we do that as a provision since once, we, once the MPO Policy Board adopts them, they become an adopted part of Transportation 2050 performance measures. Um, that During that public comment period, no comments were received. Um, I would be happy to skim through each of those measures if CC wants to scroll um, to each page, kind of and look at the table. We're looking at the yeah, there we go. Okay. So um, for um, this first measure, which is number of fatalities on all public roadways, um, we're showing the data again by each jurisdiction that has crashes reported in the areas that they're maintained roadways. We show rolling averages. These are federally um, defined uh, measures, so they're prescriptive in the sense that um, the federal government measures all MPO areas um, the same. We have the option to adopt local targets or not. So looking at this trend in the 2022 data, which had seven fatalities throughout Douglas County, um, that reduces the overall uh, rolling average. Um, and we're looking at a 10.4 um, target for the five-year rolling average um, in the next in the next round. So that's where we're looking at based on the trends. Um, for the next measure, performance measure 10, the rate of fatalities per 100 million vehicle miles traveled on all roadways. Um, the, this is a largely influenced by also the number of miles that are happening on the roadways. And so um, our we had been uh, had, a, had a pretty flat in the most uh, recent years, but with a reduction. Um, and we're projecting um, a for 2023 a uh, 9500s, um, which leaves us uh, with the target rolling average of one and five tenths. If we go to the performance num measure 11, the number of serious injuries on all public roadways. So, so serious injuries are less severe than a fatality, but require um, attention. Um, and overall, these are the crashes that we've talked about in our Vision Zero Action Plan that we're looking to reduce. And we recognize that while we've set all of these targets, I think this is an important point to note, our desire is not personally to um, 
have crashes, but it's a reality of the systems uh, that we have built as we work to continue to make countermeasure and other safety improvements in a safe systems, a future safe systems approach to reduce serious injuries and fatalities. So these um, projections are made based on the historic historical context of what's happening in our region. Um, and so for this, you can see um, the trend um, of 31 in 2022 serious injuries um, that replaced a, on the five-year rolling average, a 31 in the 2017 mm -hmm. year. So we're looking at um, a target of um, 30 uh, with a, a slight reduction in our what we anticipate for 2023. If you look at performance number 12, rate of serious injuries per 100 million vehicle miles traveled, you'll see the same um, result here. This is largely a factor based on our projected vehicle miles traveled and where we would anticipate uh, that to be based on the crashes uh, for that rate and the target, the 2024 target is um, three. For the final safety measure for non-motorized fatalities and serious injuries, looking at bicycle and pedestrian crash values, um, we have here, you can see a um, the 2027 number dropped off, which had been 10, um, replaced by five crashes in 2022. And so we're continuing to see the five-year rolling average, a reduction in the five-year rolling average. Um, and that but the historical projection overall still um, has us at a 2024 uh, five-year average target of five. Um, and those are the measures that we have set based on the historical data that we have presented and what we're prepared to uh, incur, recommend adoption um, for next year's federally required safety targets. I'd be happy to entertain any questions you may have about this annual process um, that we do, or uh, for anybody who wasn't um, at our last month's meeting, any questions about the work that we do to prepare these um, or intend to do with future safety um, data analysis work with the Vision Zero Safety Action Planning. Mm. Thoughts or questions from tech members on this item? Hey, Jessica, do we get um, any info from KDOT on like how Douglas County um, scores or our measures compared with statewide? Um, we can request that. I know as part of the Safe Streets and Roads for All process, some of these measures um, were reported statewide to be so KDOT could understand that. I know they're in larger in the safety action plan in their highway uh, safety action or Im uh, improvement program that they are um, looking at that across the state as they are targeting safety um, data-driven work. Um, it's not something I have right now I could share. If that's something you want to see in the future, I'm happy to uh, get that and be able to present that. Okay. Just I, had, curious. I had a quick question. Um, I didn't see Eudora represented in any of the data, and I was wondering if that data was collected. 
Yeah, Eudora data was collected. The reality is any locate jurisdiction that didn't have any crashes in them and meeting those criteria are not on that list. So the lists listed in each of the measures for roadways, they're only listed if they had crashes. So if, the, if it was zero, they're not included. Wonderful, thank you. Yeah. So it's hard to ask what the Vision Zero Safety Action Plan will entail before it's been created, but is there, uh, would it be safe to assume that at least some of that will look at each of these measures and there will be actions plans specific towards fatalities or, or towards each of these measures, or will it be, we do you anticipate the action plan being kind of organized differently than that, not necessarily as directly connected to each of these measures? I would assume that these would be cons part of the consideration along with the crash, uh, you know, the crash data for the and all the jurisdictions that are involved in this process. I can't speak specifically about how that's going to happen yet. Um, we're in the process to hire a consultant, and I would expect them to have some of that expertise to bring to the table that um, we will want to use. So I wouldn't want to commit us to any specific um, process in regards to that. Um, but yes, the whole uh, premise of Vision Zero Safety Action Planning and the whole Safe Streets and Roads for All program is that it is a getting communities to recognize their serious and fatal crashes and identifying countermeasures to reduce those to get to zero as the vision. And so the expectation from the federal program is that the targets set in the there will be targets set in the plan to get to zero across that uh, across a trajectory um, and you will need to work towards implementing those strategies to do to do that and I think that's the commitment we've made as part of that application on all levels for the people who chose to participate with us in that process okay yeah I know this this particular these measures are, are very mathematical right following those rolling averages so it will be exciting and nice to have a safety action plan to help point to or connect that story if we see these things going up mathematically, to have a place we're looking at that shows how we're trying to push them back down um, will be a nice kind of pairing, I guess, to this, this particular group of measures. I'm looking forward to that opportunity to have those conversations and to better be able to point to something because I think we have always been concerned about using historical in the sense that it's when we are setting the target, we're saying politically that's what we want. But I don't think that we have, prior to this commitment for this work, been in the uh, place where we have, with our uh, elected governing bodies, um, recognized the need to do work to drive those numbers to zero and make a concerted effort to do that. And I think this initiative is really going to provide us a foundation to move forward in the future to target us. Uh, to continue to target safety. It's not that safety hasn't been targeted, but to continue to target safety um, in the work that we're doing. Any other tech members have comment? All right, I see you raise your hand there, JT. You wanna jump in? Public comment? All right, can you hear me? Yes. Okay, my question is directed to the chair. 
he can delegate it if he wishes and that'd be fine, but it's directed to the chair. Um, I'm wondering about the uh, relationship between mode share of vulnerable um, users of the transportation system with the number of fatalities and serious injuries. If your mode share is very low or decreasing, that necessarily means that you're going to have fewer um, fatalities and serious injuries. Is that not correct? Yeah, so I guess I would ask that of our of our current performance measures. It's looking at total numbers of each of these uh, fatalities or injuries, correct, by mode. Um, does it compare that to census numbers about commuter mode share? Are you asking that as a question? That's yeah, that's a question. I don't. I can't remember if that shows up in our. So, current performance measures. So for it does show up in our current performance measures. However, in relationship to safety, it's the federally prescribed safety measure for non-motorized, so vulnerable road users, as we think about bicyclists and pedestrians, um, that there is no factor of you comparing that to like vehicle miles traveled. So where you have the relationship between the number of miles that are traveled in automobiles and a safety factor. We don't have that same comprehensive information, I think, with the same uh, understanding that we do for vehicles. And I think even the census data is probably, you know, that's only journey to work. That's not all travel that happens in those other modes. And so I would say probably right now, even across the nation, that data and information isn't available on a way that could be used to prescribe measures. I think we do know there is a relationship um, that we've seen nationally where um, that in terms of when the rates of people who are biking and walking increase, there is a relationship between crashes um, in those spaces. And so we would want to, I think, pay attention in the work that we're gonna do with Safe Streets and Roads for All to recognize that. We also have an additional safety uh, process happening the state of Kansas is doing their vulnerable road users assessment and as part of their highway safety plan and we've participated in that process and the outcome of that process is going to identify segments of roadway based on historical bicycle and crash information that are characterized as critical um, for future identification of countermeasures. And so we're gonna to continue to participate also in that KDOT process to understand how they're working to tackle vulnerable road user crashes across the state. Okay. JT, do you have additional comment? Um, my question was pretty simple. Um, is it not the case that if you have a low or declining mode share of vulnerable users, is there not a predictable and um, predictable decline in the fatalities and serious injuries? It seems to me it's axiomatic and somewhat of a disincentive or an incentive to um, refrain from increasing mode share. And if I understand it right, our measurement of mode share is a once a decade um, deriv 
deprivation of some kind of national data, and we don't have a target um, for increasing mode share of uh, alternative transpo for um, pedestrians and um, cyclists. You see what I'm getting at? I'm making a point and asking a question sometime. Simple question, all right? Simple question. Am I right? There, I'm happy to answer that if that's okay. Um, at this point in time, we have not set a target for desired mode share besides to say that we desire the in-trend to be increasing in mode share. So in terms of that, I think that's the point you're making. Yes, there is a relationship between mode share and crash realities. I don't have enough data locally to tell you to be able to validate the uh, data that I've seen nationally that that is that those are tied together. I can't. I can make assumptions about that, but I can't, based on the data that I currently have, say exactly what that relationship is. Thank you. Right, any additional public comment on this item? I do not see any. Any other comments, questions from tech members, or if not, looking for a motion? I'll move to approve these targets. Second. Got a motion in a second. Ready for a roll call vote. Zicky. Aye. Rick. Aye. Ronan. Aye. DeVries. Aye. Mathis. Aye. Rodden. Aye. Sanford. Aye. Weigel. Aye. Motion carries unanimously. All right, moving on to item number four, which is uh, 2023 urban area boundary, the proposed urban area boundary. All right. Um, before you today, we have a conversation that happens once every decade. Um, in this process after the determination of the urbanized areas and the urbanized uh, cluster by the U.S. Census Bureau in their process, we have the opportunity to update the Federal Highway Adjusted Urban Area Boundary. I've included for your consideration, just if you needed additional information, the guidance from Federal Highways about how we select what areas are or not included included within that. The idea in general, though, is it smooths out boundaries and includes any areas that the urban that you expect to urbanize um, in that next 10 year period. Um, so if there's areas you expect to develop for planning purposes um, and funding purposes, you want them to be included inside of what we previously had identified in yellow. Um, and we have with some pink dashed lines identified the modified uh, recommendation based on a conversation um, that we had internally with uh, impacted partners. Um, and so we're looking for a recommendation for approval of this proposed 2023 urban area boundary update. Um, 
and I'd be happy to entertain any converse, additional conversation about this um, or questions. I mean, looking at this, it appears that you're just cutting off a bit of K-10 from the Lawrence boundary, and nothing else appears to have really changed that much. Can you describe what else might have changed? Um, yes, that, and there's one teeny, 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 tiny change um, near the airport. Um, that little pink bump out um, it was oh, it's yes almost I see that now anything <laughs> which was just to include all of the airport property uh, within the boundary instead of outside the boundary um, but you're correct those are the only changes that we anticipated um, part of that is about using natural boundaries how you decide where to draw stuff in terms of the easternmost edge of the area about where you really um, expect development to happen, but also using some natural boundaries. And so um, that was the conversation that we have had um, and that we proposed. There's also one other small um, blip down um, on, yes, uh -huh, down on Haskell. And um, that's just showing where we realigned a spot where we had a line before the road got built, the roads got built, we moved the, the alignment right back to the road alignment to clean that up. So um, those are the only changes uh, there supported I, th I think in general by uh, stakeholders that we'd had the conversation with in the um, that are impacted um, in terms of land use in those areas. Thank you. I guess I would just ask, I mean, I'd want to follow the um, needs or desires of stakeholders over in that area. Uh, you know, the, the larger the boundary, the more that's within it and able to be, I guess, eligible for projects is kind of how my brain would move. So was of, of the stakeholders in that area, there was a benefit, I guess, to making that smaller or taking out that area or just practically not not likely to be projects over there. I would refer to Jeff Crick if he would feel comfortable answering that question. Yeah, so Adam, I think that it's kind of a question about the timing of the development is, is the way that it works out there. It, I, you know, knowing kind of the dynamics of what we're seeing and the comprehensive plan that the city and the county have adopted out there, it's possible something may happen, but I just don't think it's in the time frame of what we've heard as part of the, the UAB process. So I think it's a little bit of that. And I think it's a, also we've got a little bit better understanding of how that um, interchange has all come about since the last time we had a really good look at that. So it's a little bit of both on that front. If that helps. Yeah, it does. I guess anytime I'm looking Eastern along K-10, I'm thinking about Panasonic and development and just unknowns as we look that direction so um just caught my eye that it would tighten up but makes sense about that interchange yeah so same questions i have to you adam it's one of those things where it's kind of a we're all kind of learning as we're going with that bit yeah any other thoughts questions from tech members any comment on this item.
There's no one in person or no one online who's indicated they'd like to comment on this item. All right, I will look for a motion. I will move to approve this updated UAB boundary. I'll second. Just before we vote, um, I just see Steve Baldwin asked a question in the chat about did the Baldwin City boundary change any? So. It is not my understanding that we did not have an urban area boundary previously for them and that we haven't set one, that it pertains to larger cities. I see his response acknowledging that in the chat. So I think we've had a motion in a second. Any uh, uh, roll call vote? Oh, Bazicki? Aye. Rick? Aye. Cronin? Aye. DeVries? Aye. Mathis? Aye. Rodden? Aye, but my, my feelings are hurt here in Baldwin City. Sorry. <laughs> I'll get over it. Sanford? Uh, I and I also agree with Rodden. My feelings are hurt here at Lecompton, too. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Weigel? I And just to let you both know, I got lines around your cities on my maps here. Uh, so well, I'm feeling better now. All right. The main thing that matters is that we all know how to find you, right? Yeah, that's it. Right. <laughs> okay. All right. I think that one passed, it sounded like. So we'll move into uh, a couple items. I don't see anything listed, but uh, we'll look at Jessica and CC. Any quick updates? Um, the only thing I would just mention is we will, we typically do not meet in December and we will be meeting in December because we have a tip amendment to process. So I would just point that out to you where maybe some of you are used to having a December meeting canceled. We are not going to have that luxury this year. We have work to do. All right. Any other business? from members or from uh, MPO folks we need to think about? I have none. All right, so we're looking towards our next meeting, as mentioned, will be December 5th or another date if we need to. But thank you, everybody. Hope you have a good afternoon. Thanks. Thanks, bye.